Hi, this is Oriana Schuyler Mastro, a Center Fellow at Stanford University's Freeman Spogli Institute for International Studies and a non-resident senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. And I'm Zach Cooper, a senior fellow at AEI and a co-director of the Alliance for Securing Democracy. And we want to have a quick conversation today about uh, some of the debates going on on U.S.-China strategy. And some of you may have seen The Economist uh, had a piece uh, just the last few days, and I'll quote from it here. They, they argue, by framing the relationship as a zero-sum contest, the Biden administration is presenting a Manichaean struggle between democracy and autocracy rather than a search for coexistence. Oriana, this, this line struck me as problematic. I'm interested in, in what you think. I mean, it's, it's frustrating on so many levels. First of all, I don't see the Biden administration presenting this as this type of ideological struggle. I mean, I might have argued that about the Trump administration. I do think it's not necessarily a successful pathway because it doesn't give China many options as long as they remain a communist regime, which I think we probably both think they will for the foreseeable future. But to a great extent, I see the Biden administration basically saying there is room for China in this international system if they want to behave according to the norms and rules of the system. But if they don't, you know, then the United States role is to deter them from engaging in dangerous course of an aggressive behavior. So I don't think it's a fair characterization of the Biden administration to say it's zero sum. And I also don't like how it puts the burden on the United States. Because a lot of the issues we're having with China, I think, are largely because of a shift in Chinese strategy under Xi Jinping to try to resist and undermine key aspects of you know, what the United States sees as the international order. Now, we can have a debate. Obviously, I, I think a lot of that is not necessarily correct because the international order is super weak in some areas. We don't have a consensus on norms. And I think the United States should be much more proactive about building new aspects of the order where there are gaps. But in general, I don't think it's a fair characterization. I don't think it's an accurate characterization. And it puts a lot of the blame on the United States, which is not where I see this sort of action-reaction cycle starting. What do you think, Zach? I, I couldn't agree more. And, and one thing that's been frustrating to me is, you know, I think there clearly is a competition of systems here, right? I, I think it's very hard to argue that... Um, that there isn't one, and that it doesn't have to be zero sum, right? Um, it doesn't have to be that one side wins and the other side loses. It's possible um, that both sides could mo moderate their behavior. But I have to say, I don't see a lot of evidence that Beijing is moderating much of its behavior. Um, right. And you know, this brings me into the the second piece that I wanted to raise with you, which is a, a short piece in Foreign Affairs. Um, by, by folks we know well, uh, Evan Medeiros and Ashley Tellis, um, which is thought-provoking, but, but towards the end, they argue um, that Washington needs to shift how Beijing thinks about its interests and how it pursues them. Um, and they call this behavioral therapy. And I have to say, um, this and the economist piece, it reminds me a lot of the responsible stakeholder theory um, that I thought people had sort of decided hadn't been that successful. Uh, do you agree with that? Disagree? Yeah, I mean, in general, I do agree. It's a sort of an engagement strategy 2.0, this idea that we can convince China that their interests are not what they think their interests are, right? That yeah. if we just had more discussions and interactions with them, I think we just have to accept, and I'm, in Chinese writings, they're very pragmatic about this. I don't think it's, you know, this brutal ideological struggle, but on the same side, we have conflicting interests.
And I don't think by engaging with China, we're going to convince them to give up their territorial disputes, right? To, to not try to uh, unify with Taiwan. I don't think any level of engagement or charisma of high level leaders are going to get them there. So I think you just have to be much more realistic about about the fact that Beijing in some cases, in a lot of cases, wants different things in the United States. And even when we want similar things, sometimes China prefers different tactics than the United States, which makes it difficult for us to cooperate towards similar goals. Um, so I just think it, it seems a bit, I don't know if it's, a, I don't wanna say naive, it's a bit strong or a little arrogant to think that like, are we still trying to convince China they're better off being number two? And they shouldn't strive to be number one. Um, I, I didn't think that worked before, and I, I certainly don't think it'll work now that they feel like they're in such a strong position. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think one of the really interesting dynamics we're seeing is it's not so much that people are changing um, how they talk about what U.S. policy is doing. I think what they've we've, they've done most recently is sort of try and do away with the idea that there should be an end objective to the policy other than stability, right? So I think we're hearing this more and more. Um, you know, we shouldn't try and set an objective for where the US-China relationship is. We just need to manage this period um, without really having a goal. And I think this is part of the challenge. I think actually this is the big debate we we probably should be having uh, on on U.S. Asia strategy. You know, do we need a goal, or or can we just sort of muddle through by managing individual crises? I'll put my cards on the table. I I don't think it's going to be possible to do this without setting an agenda out. Um, but we have five seconds left, so we'll have to leave it there. Thanks, Oriana. Yes, thank you. Okay.